Hi everyone, I'm Kara Scott and welcome to episode 17 of The Heart of Poker sponsored by 888Poker, where we aim to introduce you to the players and personalities in the game in a totally new way. Now, if you're new to the podcast, I use a modified set of increasingly personal questions that was developed by psychologists 25 years ago. They had total strangers ask them of each other and the theory was they might fall in love. Mine is a shorter list and I've updated some of them, but otherwise these are the questions that they came up with to try to find a shortcut to get to know someone on a deeper level fast. So I'm here to help you fall in love with my next guest and I'm going to guess it's not going to be too hard because Phil Gelfond is arguably one of the most generally well-liked, respected and nicest poker players in the world. He has three World Series bracelets, but he's best known as one of the most successful online players in history, specifically in the high stakes arenas. The online challenges he's been playing on Run at Once were one of the absolute bright spots in poker for 2020, and it was not our best year, let's be honest. But we were lucky to watch some of the most hard-in-your-mouth, heads-up online poker while the big names pushed their stacks across the table. Plus, we got to see his wife Farah's reactions and commentary on the whole thing, and in my mind, that was arguably the best part because she's pretty awesome. So uh, thank you, Phil, for coming on. I know you've been busy. Yeah, thank you for having me, and she is pretty awesome. She really is. <laughs> um, so I'm going to be asking you a bunch of questions about your life, your perspective on the world. Are you are you ready to go? Yeah, as ready as I'm going to be. Okay. Well, I'm going to start you off kind of low stakes here. Do you believe in love at first sight? <laughs> uh, 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 I th- I guess I don't. Um, I th- I think that what you can experience at first sight is is probably something other than love. Right. Right. So that kind of like heady dizziness, the that all of that is really, it, I mean, love at first sight is also based on sight. So, you know, you're not really getting to know somebody. Yeah. I it's mean, kind you of can, just their appearance. I, it, it's, it's easy to, I would imagine, end up believing it because mm-hmm. you, you see somebody, you have all of these feelings and then you get to know them and you fall in love and it, and it maybe happens pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't think, the, I don't think it's love right away. Right. I have a friend who, um, it's his theory that love is all pheromones. And obviously they've done a lot of research on this as well. Like, you know, smelling different t-shirts for women, you know, who they're compatible with genetically, they actually end up having kind of maybe not romantic feelings towards, but, uh, certainly Mm -hmm. feelings towards. (laughs) So it might not be so much love at first sight as love at first smell. Really. That's really interesting. Yeah. Right. I always thought it kind of was. Um, okay. Well, what would your wife say is your worst habit? So, I mean, one jumps to mind. I don't know if you'd call it a habit, but essentially if, if we're sitting in the same room, and this is true of anybody, but this is mostly, mostly happens to Farah. If we're sitting in the same room, we're not talking. And then you start talking to me and you, and your first words are not, Hey, Phil, Mm-hmm. I, no matter what I'm doing, even if I'm doing nothing, I will never be able to process the first several words you say huh. if we're not in an active conversation. I just, my mind is elsewhere. And for whatever reason, I, I can't, I like can't listen until I start focusing. And uh-huh. so when you start talking to me and I haven't known that we're in a conversation, I haven't known to focus on what you're saying. Right. Um, it's, I'm incapable of processing it. So basically I, I just have to tell her to or ask her nicely to repeat herself um, very often. So you're basically Alexa. Yes. Like you have to be prompted. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. 
<laughs> okay. Well, now you can use that the next time you have to explain it to someone. Just tell them you're basically Alexa and, you know, you're not recording all the time. Yeah. Although maybe actually, secretly you are. <laughs> that's a great way to explain it and people will understand immediately. <laughs> there, there you go. Um, so obviously you were, I think, in Canada during the first bit of the lockdown last mm-hmm. year. But I mean, this whole year has been a lot of togetherness <laughs> with yeah. our, our loved ones. So um, do you think that uh, bad habit kind of loomed a bit larger than it would have otherwise? I don't know if you guys found it difficult to like deal with that kind of enforced togetherness that a lot of us have struggled with. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that my lifestyle pre-pandemic uh, and post-pandemic is not all that different. Mm-hmm. Um, and if anything, I, th- I think that for our the main, I think if anything, it's actually caused fewer issues for us. I mean, when we were up in Vancouver, it was tough just in that. Um, now we're in Vegas, and in Vegas mm-hmm. we have you know a, a, a nice big house and plenty of room to stretch out, and um, it's very comfortable. In Vancouver, we were in a small apartment, mm-hmm. um, and you know I was in my office playing the challenge, and Farah was right. with our son in a single room all day, every day. So that mm-hmm. part was really hard. But as far as the uh, as our dynamic, it's not all that different, except normally sometimes our issue is that Farah would like to go do more things than I want to right. do. And now that's <laughs> not an issue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. Um, okay. Well, now you're kind of like an OG for a lot of people in poker. You have a certain level of fame because of poker that you can't really escape. Um, do you enjoy that? Has it ever interfered with your life? I guess I I don't, I wouldn't enjoy um, any kind of fame. Like there are some people Mm -hmm. who are very famous and have, you know, because 50% of the people that know them hate them and 50% like them. (laughs) Um, I I wouldn't do well with that, um, which is perhaps one of the reasons that I'm not, (laughs) that that's not true of me so far, knock on wood. Um, (laughs) I mean, I I like a, you know, kind words, compliments as much as, the next person. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's nice to see, um, it's nice to be respected and, and, you know, for many people to, to follow my career and, and think highly of me mm-hmm. as far as, you know, in real life, no, it doesn't interfere too much. I don't really specifically in Vegas. And then actually in Vancouver, there's a pretty big online poker community. Yeah. I would get recognized in public, um, I mean, not often, but, you know, reasonably often in mm-hmm. a lot of other places I don't. Um, so like day-to-day life is, is not all that different. I remember mm-hmm. this just made me think of the, f- I must've been 21, 22. And um, I'd gone to the, I, I'd been earlier a couple times to PCA in, uh, in the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. And the first couple times I went, nobody knew who I was. And then this, I took a couple years off and then I went again. And I just remember that time I had, I'd been starting to play nosebleeds online and I was just getting recognized everywhere because Mm -hmm. we're all staying at the same hotel and playing poker tournament. And I, I, it was really uncomfortable for me because I just realized like, oh, I can't just walk out of my hotel room, you know, looking, looking (laughs) like hell, uh, and, and just doing whatever I want because people will start pointing at me and whispering. And mm-hmm. uh, that, that was my kind of first taste of it in, in the real world. And I, <laughs> I didn't like it then. Um, but I, I just shower more often before I go out in public now. 
<laughs> right. Uh, yeah, it's different, I think. Um, for poker players, kind of the online, <clears throat> excuse me, the online live transition for people who've been like super successful online back in the day and then having to play live, especially for a lot of them after Black Friday, I think it was a bit of a a bit of a shock to, to be recognized by so many because online poker is not just a way for a lot of people to make a living and entertainment for themselves, but like watching people play the nosebleeds is incredibly entertaining and watching your challenges and, you know, the other challenges that are out there. So you guys have your own kind of level of notoriety just from that. Yeah. And I, for me, it's always been interesting because in a, in a certain circle and people who follow online poker for a, a long time, I was, I was, very famous in that circle um while like in general public knew not, nobody knew anything about me and uh so it was a weird dynamic of you know i'm in most places mm-hmm. i'm just i'm i'd never get recognized and then in places where there are a lot of poker players i'm i'm a very big deal all of a sudden um right so yeah it was a weird uh depending on where i was and it's still a little bit true but less so i, I mean mm-hmm. i would imagine um I would imagine you get recognized more often than I do, given, hmm. uh, I know. like, you know, general public TV exposure. I guess so. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. But mostly that's at poker tournaments, to be honest, because that's our, you know, that's right. that's the public that watches. So it's probably pretty similar, I would say. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Okay. Next question is, when did you last sing to yourself or someone else? Um, well, I don't think I've ever sung to myself. And, uh, <laughs> really? Not even like in the car? You're not like a shower singer or anything? No, okay. no. And I think had you asked me this, had you asked me this three years ago, mm-hmm. I don't know if I could have remembered the last time I sung to somebody. Right. Like I, I can't remember. But, um, but now I have a two-year-old, so um, <laughs> I, I probably sing to him every every day or two. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I see some of the the Instagram videos and and whatnot, and I think your son has a lot of the same interest in music and uh, videos that my daughter has. So yeah, those nice. songs just yeah. never get out of your head. <laughs> never, no. <laughs> I look forward in like five years never having to hear uh, Coco Melon ever again. Yeah, that Anyways. would be nice. It would be yeah. nice. <laughs> he's onto this um, really weird. So he's he's been watching YouTube videos, uh-huh. um, and and that's like where he got into Coco Melon mostly, and. I don't know. The algorithm sends you to other videos. And yeah. Sometimes they just get increasingly weirder. Yeah. And I like, I don't know. There's one he's really hooked on now that I like don't really like, but he's just, he always wants it. And, yeah, yeah. I think they can tell as well, like yeah. that we don't like them. And yeah. so they know there's something in it and they just, yeah, my daughter's the same way. Cause she had the kind of kids YouTube as well. Mm-hmm. And there's this, these really strange I think Japanese, some that come through about earthquakes mm-hmm. and she became oh, wow. a little obsessed with earthquakes. And I'm like, uh, to my husband, like, you really have to watch what she's watching just to make sure that she's not watching anything that scares her because then she won't sleep. Um, and actually speaking of that, the next question is a bit of a weird one and it's a little bit dark. So have a think about it. Okay. Do you have a secret hunch about how you might die? Hmm. It's a weird one. I know. Yeah. Well, it's I funny. guess some people. Yeah, go on. It's funny because that's like I don't really believe in 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 premonitions like that having any mm-hmm. weight. But but, and I've never really thought about this. But but when you ask that, when you mention it, I guess I, I guess that I have kind of thought about mm. you know some. Basically, I've always imagined some kind of like extended 
terminal illness of mm-hmm. sorts. Right. Being it. And I don't know why. And I, I don't actually believe that that's making that more, that, that'll be more likely to happen than, than it otherwise would have. But, but yeah, right. I definitely have had that thought. Huh. Yeah. I just never, I, th- I think I'm either never going to die, <laughs> or, <laughs> which seems unlikely, but then I won't know. So it won't matter, will it? Uh, oh, I'm going to stick with that. Yeah. It doesn't matter because I'm not going to know if it happens. So I'm, in my mind, I'll always be right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for what in life do you feel most grateful? It's tough. I mean, it's hard to not, um, to not just, just think about my son. Right. Um, and my wife, I think that, I think that, that those are number one and number two. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think number three would just go back to, um, you know, I, I mean, being, I, I was born with a lot of advantages in a very, you know, I was born mm-hmm. in America. I was born uh, to a, a very loving and, and caring and, uh, you know, comfortable, healthy family and, and a lot of things like that. So I, I, mm-hmm. I am grateful for, you know, I've, I've had a lot of success in my life, um, but I, I, I started off with a whole bunch of advantages and uh, I'm, I'm grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was there ever kind of like a sliding doors moment with you and, and your wife where like, Either you go to a certain place and meet properly or it doesn't happen. So kind of sliding doors wise. Yeah, we had a, well, so we met in a, in a strange way, mm-hmm. um, which was we, we met on Twitter. I love that. <laughs> and it happened. So there were, there were several points where, where it could have not happened. And the right. first was that Farrah never had a Twitter account. And she was working on a show that made her open a Twitter account. And she said, right. I, don't, I don't want to deal with it. So they're like, okay, we'll just run it for you. And so <laughs> they opened a Twitter account for her and, and ran it for her. And one day she just got curious what they were saying as her. So she looked at it and she really, <laughs> she just like cringed and said, <laughs> okay, just give me the password. I'll take it over. So she, she was kind of forced into having a Twitter account in the first place. Hmm. Um, and then it was... I don't know. I, I, the first interaction we had was some, I had said something, I busted out of the main event and she, Mm -hmm. okay. So she was a poker fan of sorts. She loved playing. She didn't, she didn't follow a ton of poker players, but a handful. And I was one Mm -hmm. of them. Um, I had, so I busted out of the main event and I just said something that was generally positive about the experience. And uh, she said, I mean, she's told me since, you know, she's all the other poker players she followed were complaining. <laughs> um, and so she, she really liked uh, what I tweeted and she just made, you know, one small comment back. Mm-hmm. And, and that was the first time she said she'd ever tweeted at somebody who she didn't know personally. Huh. Um, so that was wow. another point. And I, I gave a small reply, which I'd maybe do, I don't know, a third of the time. Uh-huh. Um, so that may not have happened. And then, I don't know, it, it developed very slowly over there. And eventually we were talking pretty regularly. So we were talking, we, we talked for a while before we ever met. Huh. And um, I was, she was living in LA. I was living mostly in Vancouver and a little bit in Vegas. And eventually, uh, I don't know, eventually I really wanted to meet her. And I, I made up, uh, I, I told her that I was going to be in LA to visit 
um, one of my best friends or my best friend actually. And, uh, I mean, it ended up being true that I went there and I saw my friend, but I, I really just, <laughs> <You> made it <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah, I made yeah. it true, but it wasn't. And, uh, and yes, yeah, so that was the point that we actually met in person. So, huh? I guess a few moments. That's really, that's pretty cool. So did it go fairly quickly after that? It did. Yeah. Because we were yeah. so, I mean, we, it probably had been three months of slow, like, mm-hmm. Twitter banter and then wow a month month and a half of you know like we had, we had moved to texting and just like frequent communication so we hmm. you know I, I mean not that we knew each other extremely well but much different than a than you know a first date normally. right huh well I hope that I get her on the podcast at some point because I definitely <laughs> want to get her, her version of that same yeah, story because I I'd do be, love that I'd be curious to hear her side as well <laughs> Okay, well, we're on to the second set of questions. They get a little bit more personal here. Um, let's start with, what is one of your most treasured memories? I think, I mean, again, go, going with uh, my my family, I uh, just Spencer being born, and it was mm. specifically, um, well, uh, long story short, it was... As I imagine most most uh, childbirths are, it was it was a it was a long day, and uh, right. <laughs> and uh, there were a lot of emotional ups and downs, and and we went from like, um, it seemed like she was going to deliver him to it's not going to happen, we're going to go do a C section. To uh, there's a lot of back and forth there, and mm. kind of the last ditch effort was the the doctor um, using a vacuum as mm-hmm. she pushed to like anyways to, to get him out and he was like if this doesn't work then we're going um and the the moment that i think of is i see spencer come out hmm. and she's pushing she's been there all day doing that and she doesn't know that that he's out and then you know the doctor lifts him up and just the look on her face because she wow. was so shocked she had no idea um she just thought it was another push you know one of one of 150 or whatever but um <laughs> yeah just the look on her face of uh she was just very very shocked and excited yeah i bet I'm probably pretty damn proud as well after all yeah, of that <laughs> i was very proud of her that was yeah something yeah well on the flip side of that the next question is what's one of your worst memories i mean i think it kind of speaks to how fortunate I've been that that's a hard question to answer. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really have any terrible memories. The one that jumps out that could have been a terrible memory, um, and I'll explain why, because it'll sound like a terrible memory at first anyways. Um, my my younger sister, she, she almost died. She's extremely close to death. So they, um, what happened was she was at college in... Um, in Pittsburgh and she was it was snowing it was winter and she was just found in the snow one morning uh frozen and uh taken to the hospital she was her heart had stopped um so she was Jane Doe DOA and they spent you know a lot of a lot a lot of time trying to revive her to warm her up and my mom got a call my mom and dad they were in, they're in Maryland. Um, and they got a call from a homicide detective 
saying, you know, something's happened to your daughter. We don't know. Um, she's in the hospital. It doesn't look good. And so they started driving up. Um, yeah. And I mean, long story short, obviously she, she survived. And actually, like, I mean, I, I don't know what, if doctors try to, you know, not get your hopes too high, but they were saying, you know, less than 1%. Wow. Um, and the reason it wasn't an extremely terrible memory for me is because I was on the West Coast um, and sleeping late. And I didn't get the call until she was okay. My mom wow. called me and said, you know, everything's okay. Your sister's fine, but this is what happened. And so I never had to go through what my mom and dad mm -hmm. went through, um, which I'm, I'm quite sure is their, their worst memory. Yeah, I can't even imagine what they must have gone through. Yeah. Especially not being there, having to drive and yeah. kind of go through that journey, not knowing and not being there. Yeah. So I... I consider myself fortunate that I actually, that I didn't go through the, that part of the process. Um, and obviously yeah. fortunate that my sister is, is still with us. Absolutely. Did she have any kind of lasting health implications from that? She did. She's, she's, Oof. she's mostly better, but for a while, um, a lot of fatigue, a lot of insomnia, mm -hmm. um, it was, it was, uh, like brain stuff really. And so, right. yeah. um, she is, I would say, and, and you know, concentration she she didn't feel smart things like that mm -hmm. but I, I would say she's over 90 percent better at this point it was oh i don't know five six years ago wow that's incredible that she yeah. could make such a a huge recovery like that i'm i'm so grateful that she was able to yeah me too Oof, that's that's really difficult i i almost lost my sister as well um when i was actually much younger but yeah it's a it's a scary even just the what if is yeah. a kind of a scary thing to play over in your mind. And I, I think for a lot of us, we can't quite help playing that even after we know things are okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And we never, the thing is, we, we don't know what happened. Really? Um, yeah. She, oh. I mean, she, she was at, uh, she was with friends at a, at a small house party. She didn't, she didn't drink that much. She woke up in this I mean woke up in the hospital she hmm. she had passed out in the snow overnight in in one way wow. or another but Oof. always look after your friends people yeah. <laughs> when yeah. you're out always look after your friends yeah the buddy system is there for a reason yeah. huh well the next question I have actually you might have even just answered it um the question is if a crystal ball could tell you the truth about anything your life your future <laughs> something that's already happened what would you want to know um I mean, that would be a pretty big one. I'd probably want to know what had happened there, but yeah. is there anything else? <laughs> no, no, I think, I think that is it. Yeah. Um, I don't really, the, I don't really want to know about the future. I mm -hmm. think it would, at least of, you know, my life. Um, yeah, I'm very curious about that. I think that would be it. And I think if it were not that, it would be honestly something kind of silly, like, like, um, like lottery numbers so that I could <laughs> make some money and do some good with it or something. Cause I, cause I, I don't think wanting to know what, what happens to me in 30 years or, mm -hmm. yeah, I just think that would, that would take some, some of the interest out of life. Or fun out yeah. Of life. I've had people say, you know, knowing what other people thought in a certain instance or would have said about them. I personally, I, I, for me, I don't think I'd really ever want to know what people yeah. truly think or even what they say because it, I don't know I always figure that what what other people think is not my business so but I've heard that one too so 
Yeah. No, I think a lot of a lot of people, I think our natural reaction is to want to know what people are thinking about us. Um, mm -hmm. But it's, yeah, I, I feel like, I don't know, there's probably been like a Twilight Zone episode about that where it all goes wrong or something. <laughs> but yeah, I just imagine it. I Yeah, there are lots of ways it could go poorly. Yeah. It's that waking up uh, and having telepathy. Mm -hmm. And the fact that, you know, in the beginning that of every single TV show that's ever done that episode, you yeah. know, it's amazing. And they learn all these incredible things. And then by the end, they've gone completely mad because you do not need to know what everybody thinks about you. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, next question. How close and warm is your own family? Do you feel that your childhood was happier than most? It seems like you yeah. think so from what you've said. Yeah, I think it was it was much I mean not much happier than but like but it was a very happy childhood. I've a very nice. close and warm family. Um my my mom's side specifically. I mean my my dad's side is it's interesting. My dad's side's really interesting because everybody's pretty wonderful, but mm -hmm. they don't really communicate with each other. Hmm. So like I've seen my my dad's siblings, my aunts and uncles and and cousins on that side maybe I don't know, once every 6 7 years and they're yeah. they're great. But it's just that it's not a very, they weren't raised with those values, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, but my mom's side is extremely close, extremely warm. Um, and I've been very fortunate to uh, be really close with my grandparents, my mom's parents, and they're still with us and, and sharp and everything. And um, we just, we actually uh, <laughs> took uh, took two COVID tests each and then saw them on Thanksgiving because <laughs> uh, they've been yeah. all alone for a while. Um, so yeah, I, I feel extremely fortunate. Um, uh, for my family. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think there's a couple of more questions in this section. Um, is there anything that you've dreamed of doing for a long time and why haven't you done it yet? Now, my, my view as an outsider of you is that pretty much when there's something that you want to do, <laughs> I think you're the kind of person that just does it. That would be my thinking on you. Yeah. I do like to like to try things and I do tend yeah. to take on too much. Um, <laughs> I think there. I, I've wanted to write a book and haven't really started to, mm. and it's it's really just because I. It's something that I've always put off because it feels like, it it, it always feels like I'm doing things that are, really important and urgent, and uh, I need to focus on them now, um, and and I can do that anytime, um, and. So yeah, that's why I haven't, yet. Mm. But I, I would really enjoy. Uh, writing a book. What would it be about? So the, is it like an autobiography or poker or? No, actually, the book that I want to write, um, I would need to do a little research and see if this exists somewhere. But um, I, th I feel like there are a lot of concepts. So basically, it would be, um, well, yeah, it'd be nonfiction. Certainly, there are a lot of concepts in, you know math, uh, logic, philosophy that I think hmm. are really important um, and really helpful for people to know to to kind of understand the world and make good decisions that mm -hmm. most of the world, uh, most of the people in the world do not know because, um, you know, they don't like math. They don't like these things. And anytime you have somebody who's like an expert in a field talking about Bayesian probability. Um, mm -hmm. You know, these are like they want to, they've gotten a, a nice education. Most of the people they, you know, speak about this stuff with are all, also, you know, very sophisticated and smart. And I, th I think they like to use 
terminology and explain things in ways that mm. that make them inaccessible to to the every person. But as a college dropout who doesn't have a, <laughs> a, a, a nice fancy education and, and any pride related to that, um, I really think I really think that there are concepts. I mean, that one specifically. Um, Bayesian probability, like I don't, I, I know what Bayes' theorem is. I, mm -hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't uh, recite it by memory, and I could do the math, but it, it doesn't matter. You don't like these are things that you don't need to actually be able to do the in-depth kind of problem solving. Mm -hmm. Just you the have concepts. To just accept that they're true. Yeah. And apply to your life. Yeah, just mm -hmm. understanding concepts, I think, would make the world a, a smarter place. Huh. And I, th I think it's things that, that a lot of people can understand. And I have, you know, for, uh, I, I'm not a, I mean, yeah, I'm a college dropout. I'm not a, a super expert in a lot of this stuff, but I think what I am an expert in is um, explaining concepts that are, that are high level to, mm -hmm. a, in a way that a lot of people can understand because I've been teaching poker for, you know, <laughs> the, over <Forever>. a decade. <laughs> um, and, and so I'd really be interested in, in, taking a crack at, at writing something like that. Huh. Well, I would read that. I think a lot of people would. So in all of your spare time, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you ever get spare time again, yeah, that'd be really interesting to read. Hmm. Well, thank you. Yeah, we'll see. One day. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're on the last set of questions now. Um, this one, if you could change anything about the way that you were raised, what would it be considering you had such a, you know, a really happy childhood. Is there anything that you would change? That's a, that's a, it is a tough one. I mean, I'm sure I could think of something. Um, I think, um, I guess I think my, my, so my mom was mostly the one that made the rules. Mm -hmm. Um, my dad was a busy man like me. Um, and I think she let me get away with too much. Mm. I, th I never, I never, I, I was very good at um, actually like arguing my way out of things uh, with her. I'm shocked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and uh, I, I think that uh, she was, you know, all, all with good intent um, kind of enabled me to, avoid things that I didn't want to do. And, and I, mm. I think I didn't develop as good of a work ethic and um, good habits. Uh, I didn't challenge myself or get challenged, I think, enough in, in areas that I'm, that I'm weaker in. So I guess my mom to be a little, a little tougher on me. But, um, but I mean, that said, she, she did an amazing job and uh, I'm mm -hmm. very thankful. Do you think that you are or will be a little bit tougher on Spencer because of that? The way we kind of correct sometimes not overcorrect but certainly correct from you yeah know, yeah looking i think back I, at our own childhoods i think i will be yeah mm -hmm. yeah do you think you'll be the disciplinarian or do you think it'll be farah i think it'll be me but we've <laughs> mm -hmm. we've we've had uh many arguments about this because i've said like we, we we haven't had a lot of sit down long conversations about like look let's discuss how we want to make decisions mm. when it comes to, to Spencer, how we want to parent and things like that. Um, and we, ha you know, he's not really old enough where a lot of decisions need mm -hmm. to be made, at least, at least as far as I know, or my opinion, the, the ones I'm thinking of, but I have said a few times, you know, before, I mean, even before, um, she was pregnant, um, 
you know, I'm, I'm going to be <laughs> like warning. I'm going to want to be, you know, uh, reasonably strict and mm-hmm. I'm going to want to be very involved. And, and it's really important to me that we, um, you know, I don't, I don't have to get my way. Um, but it's important to me that we, uh, are always on the same page and present a united front. Right. And, um, she always says, she always kind of is like, yeah, that's fine. And, and I think she gets annoyed when I, whenever I try to like have a serious conversation about something <clears throat> that she thinks won't be a big deal. Um, and so she, she, she always says like, I don't know why, Phil, I don't know why you think I'm not going to be, <laughs> not going to be strict or not going to care. I, I'm, I'm with you on this. Stop telling me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I can see her being pretty strict too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Another question. Have you ever been truly terrified? No, I don't think wow. so. Wow. Huh. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I can't, I can't think of a moment. Huh. So no kind of car accidents, no, no near misses for yourself. No, I mean, I had a very minor car accident. That was wow. my, my fault being the 16 year old. Mm-hmm. Well, actually I'm a terrible driver in general because for the same <laughs> reason that I can't, um, I can't hear the first several words that Ferris says most of the time is because I, I'm not good at paying attention to my surroundings. I, I huh. tend to get lost in my own in my own head. Mm-hmm. Um, but fortunately, I, I I avoid driving a lot for that reason, and uh, and, and <laughs> have, have stayed safe so far. Hmm. Okay, um, let's go to friendship then. What do you value most in a friendship, and are there kind of any deal breakers for you with people? Also, mm-hmm. you know, are your friends people that you've had for a long time? Do you make new friends easily? I, I tend to, I think I tend to make friends easily in, in a sense that I, I, I think I find people that I gravitate uh, and connect to um, pretty quickly. And I think that, mm-hmm. that um, I'm, I'm a pretty open and um, I don't know, I'm a pretty open person, happy to have like a, open, deep conversation with, uh, with anybody. Um, mm-hmm. and so I think I do make some close friendships pretty easily, but, but also I don't leave my house very much. So it doesn't happen. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't happen super often for that reason, but yeah, I've, I've had some friends for an extremely long time and, um, you know, I, I've made different friends at different points. So I, I have friendships of all lengths. I think mm-hmm. for me, I don't know. I know some people who have friends that are like, look, this is my friend that I have a lot of fun with. I don't really, I don't want to be close with them. I don't really necessarily even think they're a good person, but we have a lot of fun together and that's, that's our friendship or other people who are like, you know, this is my friend who is, I do this with, but not this or this. I don't, I don't, Mm -hmm. I I like, I like my friends to be all around, uh, uh, people that I really value. And, um, and, uh, yeah. And I think actually the, the main deal breaker for me is that I, I don't, I don't want friends who, I guess an easier way to explain it is, 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 is one time this happened. Um, and, and it was uh, really kind of traumatic for me is I had a close friend and he 
got upset at me over, I mean, I, I don't know, he ended up having a, like a list of four things over a course of, I don't know how long that he wasn't telling me about and then just was mm-hmm. done with me and kind of like cut me off. And um, this, like, uh, and he's he's a poker player and uh, another, I mean, a lot of us are kind of eccentric and, and quirky <laughs> people. And, and he's one of those guys with like his own, his own moral code and um, his own way of, of doing things that wouldn't necessarily conform to everybody else. But it really threw me because we had been good friends for so long and anything like I, I would never, and, and anything, I guess he knew me well enough to know that if he was upset about anything to, to give me the benefit of the doubt and talk to me mm. about it. Um, and I was, so I was so thrown that he was just, um, yeah, just like mm. didn't want to be my friend anymore. And so I, I think that kind of, you know, some people have friendships where they fight with their friends a lot and make up and, or don't talk to right. a friend for two years or something. And that's, I really don't like that. I, I, I like all my friends to be reasonable enough and, and, you know, know me well enough. Like, yeah, you're, you're sometimes going to, going to say something or do something that upsets a friend, but if they know your, your intent uh, was not right. to do that, or even if it was, and you were having a, a bad day or whatever to, um, yeah, I'd like all my friends to, to, to be reasonable people <laughs> who can, can resolve issues with, um, and, and, you know, we know right. each other. Right. Yeah. 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 That's a pretty important one. Huh? Okay. Um, when did you last cry in front of another person or by yourself? Are you someone who cries very much? I, I cry about real things extremely mm-hmm. infrequently, but I cry like watching TV or like a commercial really frequently. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, I don't know exactly when, but it's, it probably hasn't been more than a couple months since I was watching right. something on TV and cried mm-hmm. uh, just a little. I mean, I don't sob, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, I cry just a little bit at at fiction no. or or you know, or I guess like you know, somebody being really happy uh, right. on TV, whatever. Um, yeah, I cry pretty easily at that for some reason, but in real life, it's I don't know, been a very very long time. Mm-hmm. Well, good. (laughs) That's a really good thing. Um, I'm kind of the same though. Like I, I, and it it really isn't very handy for my job when I'm on camera because I have a tendency, my eyes will well right up with tears super easily. If someone tells me a story about their kids or their dogs, or if for some reason, if they're like, if they're elderly, it just kills me. And they don't even have to say anything. I'm just like, <laughs> oh my God, it's there. Yeah. Uh, you're so sweet. It's terrible. And I can see their faces when I'm trying to interview them. They're like, oh my God, she's, she's yeah. losing it. My eyes are welling up with tears. It's really embarrassing. And it happens sometimes even in meetings as well. It's like someone will mention something. I'll just be like, oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you have it a little worse, a little worse than I do, but same thing. Yeah. It's terrible. It's like the worst possible timing as well. And otherwise, no, I don't really do that that much at all. So, (laughs) okay. Um, A couple more questions, I think, before we are finished. This one is what, if anything, is too serious to be joked about, in your opinion? Huh. Hmm. I, that's a, that's a really tough question. Um, because I, I do think, I think that in the right context with the right people, Mm -hmm. 
nothing is too serious to be joked about, but there are a lot of wrong contexts and a lot of, <laughs> uh, you know, wrong people. So right. I don't, th I don't think, uh, without sitting here and thinking for 15 minutes, I don't think I'm going to have a good answer to that. Um, mm -hmm. but I do think kind of similar to, to what I was talking about with friendship, you know, if, if you, if you know somebody very well and you know their real beliefs and intent and, um, and they know you as well. Um, I, I think that there's, there's not necessarily anything that, that, you know, in a, in a, between you two can be joked about that, mm -hmm. that has to be off limits, but it really, but that, that also requires the other person to feel the same way. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think context is the biggest thing there. That's kind of what I've always thought. It's like, who's telling the joke? And yeah. kind of what position of power are they in relation to the whatever sensitive subject that they're joking about? So yeah. context yeah. is incredibly important. Yeah. Okay. One last question before I let you go. Obviously, we're going to end on a high note. So if you were to die this evening with no <laughs> chance, I know, I know, these aren't my questions. If you were to die this evening with no chance to communicate with anyone at all, is there anything that you would regret not having said yet? Uh, honestly, no. Um, I, I think my regrets um, have to do with you know like friends and family, and and I've I, I've I've given my friends and family less time. I would feel that I'd mm. given them less time than I wish I had. But that's uh, that said, um, I think they all know. I think I think they all know how I feel about them. I don't think um, the. Yeah, I, there's nothing that that I would feel ne I need to clarify or needs to be said. Mm -hmm. Would there be anything that you would kind of want to change if you could go back, like to a year before? Would you change your life in any way? If I knew, yeah. I mean, I, I would. I mean, this this year's been interesting because I've actually kind of come back from not playing poker very yeah. much for a few years to playing a lot, and you know, I'm I'm really proud of having done that and and kind of stepped up to the challenge no pun intended um <laughs> but i mean i think that if i knew i was going to die in a year i probably would not have done that and would have just spent more time uh with loved ones mm -hmm. yeah that seems like a a pretty good place to finish it these have been strange set of questions and i appreciate you being so game for them i know no, it's not I, the usual poker interview no, i enjoyed it i've i've done the usual poker interview many times <laughs> yeah i can imagine i think i've probably actually done them with you uh, <laughs> a number yeah. of times so yeah well thank you so much for being so open and honest with us and um to everyone listening thank you so much for being here and listening I hope that you all feel like you know the person behind the avatar, behind the challenges, even better than you did before. So I'm going to see you all next time on the Heart of Poker, sponsored by 888 Poker.